Welcome back to the Vincenzo Landino Show. This is Vincenzo Landino. Before I get into it today, I just want to ask you for a subscribe and rating on your favorite podcast player. Your ratings and reviews help this show get found and discovered by more people, and really, that helps me. So thank you. Big news. The big news is uh, the Lionel Messi saga, which seems now concluded. Uh, There had been rumors swirling around that the Argentine superstar might be joining Inter-Miami. Sources involved in the negotiations hoped that the deal could be closed soon, and it did. It closed this morning. Uh, According to Fabrizio Romano, it's a done deal. Here we go, as he says. Um, It seemed like Messi's decision came down to either Inter-Miami or staying with Barcelona. Um, The Saudi Arabian clubs were out of contention, according to sources. The league, MLS, was working out a creative way to bring Messi to the MLS. Naturally, money is not what they can offer, but there's other things that they were able to throw at uh, Messi to get him over there. And who they tapped into was Apple and Adidas. There's multiple sources that said Apple had been in discussion about offering Messi a share of the revenue generated by new subscribers to the MLS season pass, which is the streaming package on Apple TV+. Adidas jumped in and also offered a profit-sharing agreement with Messi involving a cut of any profit increases resulting from his involvement in the league. As negotiations continued, there... um, there was really variety of you know uh, sources saying there's a 50-50 chance. It's a definite. Um, but it seems like that may have pushed Messi over the edge and uh, you know signing with one of the newer teams in, in MLS. Inter-Miami's only been around since 2018. Uh, David Beckham is, uh, is involved in the team. And... Messi comes on very similarly to how David Beckham joined the LA Galaxy in 2007. David Beckham's move um, was an incredible deal. He earned over $255 million over five years. He then purchased Inter-Miami for $25 million, and now Inter-Miami is worth $600 million. But with Lionel Messi, it's only a matter of I don't even I don't even want to say time because they're very likely to be valued over a billion or near a billion dollars now. So big winner here, David Beckham and the MLS um, making this deal for the greatest player in the world. Here's the thing. The MLS couldn't offer Messi the same deal that they offered Beckham with being able to buy a team for $25 million. The valuations are upwards to $500 million plus. So what they did was they gave them revenue sharing deals and they did it through their partners. So that's just a brilliant, creative way to make something happen. Uh, MLS has just signed on somebody who's going to clearly move the needle for the league, for the team in Miami. And this will be very exciting. Miami has now become the hottest ticket in MLS for sure, but could be the hottest ticket in football. Might even be the hottest ticket in America for a while. Um, I, I, I mean, me for one, very excited to have a player of his caliber close to home. And 
being able to see greatness play. I mean, Messi has not lost a step. He could still make an impact on any club in Europe. So choosing to come play in Miami, and he loves Miami, by the way. I mean, he's he's been seen on vacation in Miami regularly. Um, he does love, you know, love that town. So this is this is big news. This is the the news definitely of the day. And anybody who's interested in sports, sports business, is paying attention to this move right here. This is how to make something happen and get very creative about it. This is why leagues have partners. Um, you know, kudos to Apple and Adidas as well for jumping in and saying, yeah, this is valuable for us, right? Clearly Adidas and Apple get benefit from this as well, but for being able to move on this and, and make it happen. Let's jump back into Live and uh, PGA Golf. Uh, the, the, the union that happened yesterday, or that was announced yesterday, uh, Avoided calling the partnership a merger. Uh, and that's because U.S. and European antitrust enforcers are already raising some serious concerns. Uh, it's kind of a bizarre play for many. Uh, no one thought that the PGA would ever deal with Liv. Although, as I said yesterday, former President Donald Trump figured it was just a formality. And said that this was the plan kind of all along, or this is what was going to happen all along. Um, but it also now creates a giant monopoly in the industry. And there's literally zero competitors at this point. Liv was a competitor to the PGA Tour, but now they combine and there's no competitor. Um, after a legal battle that was over a year long, the leagues decided to join up with the DP World Tour, which is the European golf circuit, combine their golf-related businesses and rights into a new commercial entity. Uh, the, gre- the agreement is going to resolve their current antitrust litigation between PGA and Liv. The final terms of the deal, um, including all finances, are still in the works. But what we do know is that this new for-profit entity involves three of the biggest golf tours in the world, and they're going to coordinate key aspects of their business on which uh, they're currently competing. Competition enforcers are likely to want to know how the proposed partnership will impact player sponsorship, broadcast rights, etc. Uh, the U.S. and U.K., where the DP World Tour is based, are certain to ask questions. And the EU's competition authority is going to really want a lot of information on that as well. The U.S. Justice Department, which has already investigated or been investigating the PGA Tour, uh, over the whole dispute with Liv, is going to now review the proposed deal as well, um, rather than the U.S. Federal Trade Commission, the FTC, which often handles sports leagues. The DOJ has interviewed several golfers who were suspended by the PGA for joining the uh, the Live Tour. Uh, the U.K. Competition and Market Authority has established itself as a this global player uh, in the competition world following the the Brexit. The agency has already investigated sports broadcasters, including Comcast, um, Sky Group, uh, over the broadcasting of sports content in the UK. The European Commission, the EU's uh, competition body, brought a case against the International Skating Union over its eligibility rules for speed skaters. Europe's highest court is also considering a case on whether soccer governing bodies, UEFA and FIFA, can restrict players from participating in rival leagues. Uh, a European Commission spokesperson actually said that if if the deal has an EU component, it's up to the companies to notify the deal. Representatives for the Justice Department and the FTC 
still haven't commented necessarily on that part. Uh, antitrust lawyers, there haven't been any of them involved in these discussions because the discussions were more on how to innovate the sport and bring the game to younger audiences. So that's what they're really focused on. And the leagues don't really expect the deal to require any traditional merger review. PGA Tour Commissioner uh, Jay Monahan dismissed a lot of questions about antitrust concerns. He said that every single player in men's professional golf is going to have more opportunity and more growth. He said, uh, he said that in a CNBC interview. He said, we are going to grow our industry. This is all positive. Unfortunately, not many or not everyone is agreeing with that. The PGA and Live merger is another in the long line of successful efforts by entrenched monopoly organizers of sporting competitions to maintain their dominance through predatory behavior directed towards rivals, followed by swallowing them up. And that was said by Stephen Ross, a professor at Penn State Law. He continued and said, Jay Monahan is no different than John D. Rockefeller, putting independent gas stations out of business and folding them into standard oil. But without knowing the details of the agreement, it's hard to predict how the Justice Department is going to come down on this. And the provisions that might prevent golfers from playing on a new tour might be cause for concern. But again, we are not sure of that until we get an actual written agreement or we see what the written agreement is. Any antitrust lawyers might actually request changes or tinker with some of the specifics, but ultimately the partnership is likely a go-ahead. So this is becoming more and more solidified. People don't want to see this battle continue, said Jody Balsam. She's a professor of sports law at Brooklyn Law School. She said, including the regulators, they don't want to see this battle continue. They want to see golfers compete with each other without any barriers. Um, even if Liv and PGA are not a merger but a partnership, it might not matter to the Justice Department. And we can look at things like a recently won challenge against an alliance between American Airlines and JetBlue and they argued that it was a de facto merger. Um, American is appealing to the decision, and they want to call it a partnership. Professional sports leagues mergers are very rare. The last major one in the United States happened in 1979 when the National Hockey League voted to incorporate the World Hockey Association franchises. Hockey, like other team sports, was basketball, football, and baseball, are organized as associations or joint ventures uh, that set rules for territories, players, and TV radio contracts. Only Major League Baseball enjoys an exemption from U.S. antitrust laws, which was granted to them by the Supreme Court more than a century ago. But by comparison, sports like golf, tennis, where individual players compete in tournaments, a single entity like the PGA often sets rules for participation. A recent spate of U.S. antitrust cases in sports, however, have focused on how rivalry between single-player leagues impacts players. If we look back to the early 2010s, the UFC owner at the time, Zufa LLC, which is now owned by Endeavor Group, bought its biggest mixed martial arts rival, Strikeforce. While the FCC didn't challenge that deal, a group of fighters later filed a suit arguing that the merger allowed UFC to pay a fraction of what it would have had to pay in a competitive market. That suit actually still remains pending. And uh, a federal judge granted class action status in 2020 to about 1,200 mixed martial artists. There was another antitrust suit brought by several Olympic gold medal athletes against swimming's governing body over rules that barred them from participating in a new swim league. 
And that was actually dismissed by a California court in January. So I think the craziness is still not over with Liv and PGA. We'll still we'll see what happens. Hopefully this brings better competition. Hopefully this brings uh, innovation to the game or the way fans can interact with the game. But it's definitely something to keep an eye on or just keep paying attention to. And we'll be back here to discuss it if anything changes. Thank you for listening to yet another episode of the Vincenzo Landino Show. Please leave a rating and review and subscribe. Share with your friends. Helps me get some new ear holes on the podcast. I will catch you on the next episode. Bye.